This is the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast for Monday, March 14th. It is draft season. We have been talking quarterbacks. We've talked wide receivers. We've talked DBs. Today, we finally get to the most important players on the roster, the highest scoring players on any NFL team. None other than the kickers, Mark Schofield. Kicker Monday, baby. Kicker Monday. It is the best way to kick off a week. And nice at, pun. Was, like wasn't that good? I thought that was great. I thought you'd appreciate that. You know, it's. I figure we've got all this hang time here where we can just kind of you know chat and everything, and you're just going to be getting them pretty much nonstop for the next twenty minutes or so. Gonna well, pin us down. Gonna pin us down here. I'm gonna try to pin you down a little bit. I mean, we'll kind of open the field up and see what we can do with things, and uh, you know, really go from there. I'll try not to punt too much and try to answer your questions directly. Are there any other kicker <laughs> puns we can use? I'm searching right now. I think we've covered them all. Other than at this point, I probably need to be benched, but we'll uh, we'll get right into it. Um, so are you ready to unveil your kicker one? Is that what we're going to do here? Yeah, we're going to do uh, K1. We're gonna K1. Do, we're going to do K1, which is okay. uh, the, the coveted spot for any kicker coming into uh, the NFL draft. And do, we, do we need a drum roll? Uh, kickers don't really do drum rolls. All right, we're we're kind of scared of loud noises occasionally. <laughs> we're actually just going to go straight into it. Uh, what do you got? Kicker number one. Lay it on me. Roberto Aguayo out of Florida State. Okay. Here we go, people. Uh, not a big surprise, I think, to a lot of fans. He's a guy didn't, that... Didn't Bovada have numbers on this? So, I thought they did with they, Ross Martin. They, they had some thought that Ross Martin could end up being my number one, but unfortunately, I love Ross's game, but I put him just a slot below. He's my K2 out there, okay? Um, as far as Aguayo goes, okay, he's a guy where, you know, came in highly touted into Florida State, put up all the numbers you'd like to see, a little bit of a tail off in production during his last year. This is junior year now, only been in uh, in NCAA football for three years. But he's a guy that, you know, when you look at him, he's got everything that it takes in order to make it to the next level. From a kick and trait perspective, what is it about his kick and style? Is it the production or is it just the fact the way he approaches kicks, the mentality component to it that makes you think, He's the best guy in this class. Single biggest thing that stands out to me is you can see the aggressiveness in his approach on every single kick. He's a guy that really comes through the ball incredibly well. There is no hesitation there. It is You, you can see almost his, his mental outlook on the kick, just the, the focus and the aggressiveness right through the ball on every kick. When we talk about uh, you know, a kicker's motion and his explosion through the zone, he's second to none, and he generates great height of the ball. He generates a ton of power as well. He's, you know, he's not going to be a guy who uh, has a leg like Zerline or like Janikowski where you can line him up and say, okay, try to kick a 70-yarder in practice, but I'd have no problem at all trotting him out there for 56, 57-yarders. I think he's got all the leg that you need uh, from that perspective. I think what, what I really like about him is just the way he attacks the ball and yet still maintains his mechanics from kick to kick. With kickers, you're talking about it's just like a golfer trying to repeat those mechanics as consistently as possible. And if there's one thing that Aguayo is able to do at this point, he does that and he does it with a ton of aggressiveness in his swing, which I really like. It shows a lot of confidence for him. And, you know, it's we, we talk about kicking and trying to, to balance the two pieces, the the physical aspect and the mental aspect. 
always tough to try to figure the mental side out, but I like what I see from an aggressiveness perspective because I think it tells you a little bit about that mental side. And that's why I think, you know, if there's one thing that stands out in his game, that's what it is to me. One thing that stands out looking at him purely from a stats perspective, kicks under 39 yards in his college career, he's never missed one. Does that tell you anything about, okay, you know, maybe he's missed some longer kicks, but when you get in that 39 and shorter, you got to be able to deliver those and he's never missed one. Well, and, and in particular, it tells you that with the NFL going to the 33 yard extra point last year, it tells you that that shouldn't be an issue for him. Uh, rookie kicker this year, Jason Myers uh, for the, um, for the Jaguars, okay, really struggled on those kicks, was actually a little bit below 80% on the year. And, you know, it's, it's something where you're coming from a situation in college where you don't see that and going to those longer extra points now, you know, it, it is a difference for folks. But I think in terms of what Aguayo should be able to do, this certainly gives you the confidence to say, okay, he can make those kicks with no problem. He has the focus. He's not going to lose his focus on shorter kicks because that's the number one reason why you see a short kick missed. Aside from you know maybe a block or uh, some bad conditions that you see occasionally, it's focus. You know those a twenty-seven yard kick, a thirty-two yard kick, you should be making those a hundred percent of the time. But no one does, and it's not because they can't make it. It's not because. Uh, they shouldn't make it. It's because of focus more than anything else. So I like that I see the focus there on those kicks. You mentioned longer kicks. Now, he did have some struggles there this year. In 2015, 4 of 7 from 40 to 49, so a little bit below the NFL average, and only 1 of 3 from 50-plus this year. If you pull back the tape and look at his entire body of work over his career, he was still 5 of 8 from 50-plus, about 62%, which is pretty much in line with the NFL average. So I think in a small sample size, yeah, he missed two kicks this year. If he had made one more of those, he would have been above average just because it's such a small sample. So I don't really have any huge concerns that longer kicks are going to baffle him or anything like that. I think when you get him out there kicking, you know, five to seven of these a year, I think when it's all said and done, he probably makes somewhere between 60 and 70 percent, just like most kickers in the NFL. But he can do it on day one on a cheaper rookie contract than getting a veteran in there. When you look at Aguayo in terms of kickoffs, are there any concerns about leg strength there? Is he going to be a guy that needs somebody to handle kickoffs for him? No, he, he's a guy who should be able to uh, generate touchbacks somewhere in the ballpark of 40 to 60%, which would put him in the middle of the pack in the NFL. Uh, on the top end of kickers, you've got your guys like a Justin Tucker or Pat McAfee, the punter for Indy, who actually handles their kickoffs. Those guys, you're talking about generating touchbacks on 80 to 90% of their kicks. Uh, when you talk about some of the low end in the NFL, you've got guys that can only get the ball into the end zone on 20 to 30%. I think Aguayo gives you slightly above average performance in this category. But again, the, the big thing that I look at is you get him on a rookie deal, which, you know, kickers, if you look at how the, the spectrum of kickers looks in the NFL. And if you look at the uh, the cost of kickers in the NFL, the the place where you end up getting hurt the most is paying for average talent because you can find it pretty easily by by pulling out undrafted free agents and by finding people through the draft. 
if you're paying for top-end talent like a Steven Goskowski or a Justin Tucker, you're going to get the bang for your buck. But it's really, if you're either paying for average talent or you're just not paying and getting you know poor performance, that's where you end up getting hurt. And so when I see Aguayo... I see a guy that can come in on a cheap rookie contract that can save you money there, but still give you at a minimum average performance. And within a year or so, I would I would say he's probably going to be in a position where he can give you you know top seven to top ten kicker performance at you know and save you you know seven hundred to nine hundred thousand dollars a year that you can put towards other players. Taking a step back for a bit and kind of looking at this from a more macro perspective, who are some other kickers in this class that either might get drafted or will get at least a look at a camp? Well, I think when when I go through my list and when I start to build out my rankings, and, and obviously, look, the, the first thing that I have to be very clear on is that I do believe that the vast majority of kickers shouldn't be and don't need to be drafted because I think you can find them through the undrafted free agent process and get decent bang for your buck that way. You look um, at um Chuck, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but my phone's running. It's the main office at the kickers union. Yeah, I, I lost my I turned in my membership. I already, I I know. I know. It's you're, you're gonna take some heat for that one. Well, it's look, the way that I look at it is, you know, we're in the middle of a uh, of a presidential election cycle right now. Oh no, here okay? we go. And the number one problem that most people have with politicians is they lie, cheat, and steal. I may cheat and steal, but I'm not going to lie to you, okay? And, you know, when we talk about kickers, the fact is that in a lot of cases, if you look at the spread throughout the NFL here, there's only 13 kickers out of the 32 teams that have been drafted, okay? So you can find good value through undrafted free agents, guys like Adam Vinatieri, guys like Stephen Hauschka, both undrafted free agents. The, you know, the ability is out there because there are far more kickers that can give you good performance than there are actual spots. But there are also kickers that it may make sense to draft them because they can give you above average performance and you can project that. So, so was Aguayo a draftable guy, you think? I think in, in this year's class, when I, when I go through, there are, a, there are several guys that stand out to me as being worth some type of draft pick. Okay, Aguayo is one of them. Brad Craddock from Maryland is another one of them. Uh, Ross Martin from Duke is another one. You know, those are the three that really stand out as kind of being separated from the pack. Kaimi Fairbairn, I think, has the potential to compete for an NFL job. I don't know if I would necessarily uh, give him, uh, you know, I don't know if I'd necessarily spend a pick on him just because I think he's a little bit more of a question mark. Uh, another guy that I'm doing a write-up on right now, Anthony Pistelli, a uh, little lower level kicker, uh, you know, not a guy that most people know of. I think probably has a chance to catch on with the team as an undrafted free agent, but I think I would definitely bring him into camp in that role. Uh, John Lunsford is a guy with a big leg, but some accuracy questions. Again, bring him in as a free agent. I don't know if I'd spend a draft pick on him. And historically, you know, there's typically between two and five kickers drafted in a given year, just depending on the talent pool. So in this year's talent pool, I think you've got three, maybe four when it's all said and done that are worthy of draft picks. But, you know, beyond that, I do still think you can go six or seven kickers deep in this class that I think are able to compete for a roster spot, but I wouldn't use a draft pick on all of them. 
What's the uh, kicker equivalent of the 1983 quarterback class? <laughs> I, I don't know if we have one, to be honest, just because it's, you know, it's, it's tough to, to really get such a big collection of talent in any one given year, just because, you know, as I said, you, you, you don't see what you saw with quarterbacks where you end up with so many drafted and put into situations uh, where they can necessarily succeed. You see kickers, you know, there's only a couple drafted a year, and so if one of those guys doesn't pan out, all of a sudden the class you know, doesn't look quite as good there. So it's tough for me to say that there's a class that's really similar to that uh, just because I think you just don't get the, the number of opportunities necessarily uh, when it's all said and done. I think that's the single biggest reason why uh, you wouldn't have a class like that. It's, you know, if you see three kickers drafted and, and one of them flames out, well, it's, you know, you've got a couple guys, but that's, you know, that's really all you got. And that's, that's kind of par for the course. So nothing quite, quite like that 1983 class there. I mean, would it be just the year Janikowski got drafted just because of his performance, you think? You know, Janikowski is a guy who has essentially been an average to slightly above average kicker in the NFL. Uh, he's not a guy that I look at and say, wow, what a career. You know, it's he, he's a guy who has been, again, kind of, you know, he's been worth his contract probably in, in certain years. There's been other years where he really hasn't. And this is... This is why I do think that you can actually get some value drafting the right kicker in the right situation because Janikowski's a guy, okay, and I'm just pulling the numbers right now from uh, overthecap.com. Janikowski is a guy at this point who is going to be making, and this is kind of mind-blowing to me, he's going to be making about $3.8 million a year, okay? I would be willing to wager that if you go out for the next three years, okay, I think you can get the same performance as Janikowski for a quarter of the cost by taking Aguayo in the third round. Hmm. And, okay. and so that's, you know, when we talk about overpaying for kicker performance, it's in kind of that middle range where, look, you find a guy, uh, you know, someone like a, uh, you know, a Graham Gano who's getting $3 million a year. Very good kicker. But the question is, can you find someone cheaper by bringing in someone from the draft or an undrafted free agent? You look at some of the other guys that are out there that are at the top end of the spectrum. I think a guy like Justin Tucker, absolutely worth it. Steven Goskowski, absolutely worth it. Dan Bailey, absolutely worth it. I'd pay, uh, I'd probably pay a little bit more than those guys are actually making. I think on the top end, kicker salaries should be a little higher they're not just because of the franchise tag and the way it works in a lot of cases but i think in in the middle once you get out of kind of that top seven to eight the thing you see from year to year is a lot of variation in kicker performance and i just don't know if you want to be paying two to three million dollars a year for that when you can find a guy taken even in something like the third round for aguayo where you're paying you know eight hundred thousand a million bucks a year I'd do that in a heartbeat and save that, you know, extra million or two million bucks to go put that somewhere else on my team. Do you think we ever see now in this new era of like the way the cap works and rookie deals, a kicker draft in the first round again? No, and I don't think you should. I don't think I think the absolute highest I would personally take a kicker. If I had a if I were a team with a bad kicker right now, okay, if I'm a team that is at the bottom of the spectrum in terms of extra points, field goals, and kickoff. A guy like Aguayo could represent somewhere around a 30 to 35 point swing for my team. Okay. 
when I'm looking at that, the highest that I could justify is maybe somewhere around a high second round pick. And, and even that I'd feel kind of weird about it, to be honest. I don't, I don't think I'd feel comfortable with it. I think the highest that I'd really be comfortable drafting a kicker, probably somewhere in the 40s to 50s, you know, somewhere in that range, mid to late second round is where I'd feel comfortable just because I think you can address bigger question marks through the draft, uh, you know, in those early rounds at other positions. So, you know, I think at some point someone will take another kicker in the first round just because dumb things happen occasionally in just about every single uh, every single job, pretty much. I mean, anywhere you go, whether it's sports, whether it's medicine, education, whatever it is, something dumb happens at some point. Uh, so someone will take another kicker in the first round. I don't think you should, though. What team does it? <laughs> Come on, uh, we get a wrap-up kicker Monday the big way. So. Are, are we talking out of uh, out of the current front offices that are out there, or are we talking just in terms of uh, ownership? Um, current front offices. What front office out of these would probably do it? Let me go through because I'm gonna gonna go through and just take a look. Eh, what team does it? Probably. I mean, if I had to pick one, San Francisco. San Francisco is good. So I was going to say Jeff Fisher. No, Jeff Fisher. No, Jeff Fisher's never moving on from uh, from Zerline. I think. I think he's just going to let him tr- keep trotting him out there for seventy yarders. Yeah, he's just going to keep trotting him out there for you know ever longer field goals just to see you know what actually happens uh, trying to get that record there. So I think uh, you know I'd put San Francisco in there. Uh, you know, you can always toss Cleveland in just because occasionally you know they have been known to make a bad first round pick or two. So. You know, they're always a possibility. Um, yeah, those would probably be my two uh, two top ones out of uh, the current crop here. The one thing I do have to say about Aguayo, okay, uh, one thing that does give me a little cause for concern is he has a lit. A, I don't even want to call it a flaw, but it's a little mechanical oddity, eccentricity, whatever you want to call it, and it works for him, and so I'm, I'm a little hesitant to criticize it, but it could be a cause for concern down the road. Every kicker, as they come through their motion, they take what's called a skip step. They take it with their plant foot. Uh, essentially, if you're a righty and you're you know, swinging with your right leg, in order to maintain the momentum, you don't stop your swing halfway through. You carry all the way through, and then that momentum from your leg swing, essentially you'll skip on your left foot then to carry yourself through the kick. The weird thing that happens with Aguayo's motion is his skip step happens almost exactly as he hits the ball. He's almost he's almost in midair as he hits the ball sometimes. And I, I had to slow it down to a quarter speed just to look at it. But, you know, it's it's very, very soon right after the ball, which on one hand means all that power is coming through, which I talked about as aggressiveness, and that's part of the reason why. But on the other hand, I look at that and I say, if the timing there gets disrupted by, you know, even a tenth of a second, all of a sudden you potentially have some hips flying left and right, and it's a cause for concern for me. Not today, but I just wonder if it becomes an issue for him uh, down the road. And so it's, you know, it's the one thing that I look at in his mechanics where I say this could potentially be an issue. I think it's a non-factor today but I could see how it develops into a problem down the road. That's what's going, that was some good stuff, man. That's what we got. So that is, uh, that's Kicker Monday for you. Okay. We gotta make, I think we should make it a tradition. 
You want to kicker do, Mondays? Kicker Monday. Do we do it every week or do we do it every other week? Do we do it the first Monday or the second Monday in March every year? You know, what do we do? We'll think on that. We'll think on that. We'll we'll take suggestions from the from the Twitter family. Maybe we'll put up a uh, we'll do a little Twitter poll just to see what the uh, what the uh, what should be fr- the frequency of Kicker Monday. Yeah, how frequently should we do Kicker Monday? We'll put it up to the friends of Pylon and see what they say. Do we um do we include Never Again in that well, list I, of options? I, that's kind of the null option, I think. So it's uh it's kind of implied that that's always on the table. But that is our show for the day. Hopefully you enjoyed Kicker Monday. If you have anyone that you'd like to see us cover on the next Kicker Monday, make sure that you tweet at us at ITPylon. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash inside the pylon. Let us know what you want to see. Chuck Zada and Mark Schofield, we'll see you later. Just so